Good morning, good morning, good morning. If you will turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew is the first book of the Bible in the New Testament. It is written by one of the disciples. And we are going to go from there today. That will be where we're operating out of. Uh, We'll be jumping around a little bit, but mainly in Matthew chapter 10. All right. Uh, Last week... Had Pastor Kevin was preaching, and I thank him for picking up my slack as I had a wonderful week of vacation, and we got to experience that and recharge as a family. It was fantastic. I want to remind you there's a green connection card in the seat in front of you. If you take a moment to fill that out, if you're a guest with us today or have any prayer requests on the back, we would love for you to fill that out. We're not going to come hounding at you or come stalking you in any way, shape, or form. We just want to get to know you a little bit better. Also, we're going to have a baptism service in a few weeks. If you are interested in baptism or would like to talk to me about what that means for you here at the church, uh, please indicate that on the card, and you can hand that to me or any of the ushers at any time during the service or just uh, holler at the church sometime throughout the week. We'd love, love, love to talk to you about that. All right. Enough of the public service announcements. All right. So today we're going to talk about what it looks like to live on purpose. What it looks like to have a purpose in our life that we are constantly chasing And why does it feel like sometimes we can't get on that purpose or we're kind of aimless or we're kind of just, it just doesn't feel like it's clicking or we always feel like there's roadblocks into us actually reaching that potential. And so we're going to, we're going to really laser focus in on that this morning. And if you were here for a baggage sermon that we gave this spring, this is kind of part two for that. Uh, That baggage sermon was the most downloaded podcast we've ever had at the church. So apparently you guys said people need to read, listen to the baggage message. Uh, um, and if you don't have no idea what I'm talking about, you can go on our website and download that for yourself. Um, but we're talking about how we use our baggage, how God uses the baggage to kind of reclaim and, re- and reform our lives. And so what I have up here, which I'll talk about in a little bit longer, this is a piece of furniture in my living room. Now, it may look like a hunk of junk to you, but I think it's pretty cool. This is a steamer trunk that came over from Belgium about 1916. I found it at a yard sale here in in Shorewood. There's actually a luggage stamp somewhere on here faded into, and you can see it's on this side, and you can see it says America on it right there. Uh, But it has the old luggage sticker right there, which is so cool, right? We don't have any luggage from the Hauser family. We came over in the 1600s, so that's all been destroyed. Uh, but, so I'll just take somebody else's luggage from, that's a whole nother sermon. I'm picking up somebody else's luggage. Mm, I'll preach right there. Uh, that's for a day when the kids aren't in here, I guess. Uh, but we'll go from there. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Uh, but that's, I love this piece of furniture. Uh, but what it's happened is someone has left their baggage. I've reclaimed the baggage. And now I use the baggage for my family. I'm not controlled by the baggage. I'm not dragging it around with me. I have reclaimed it and now I use it. And so that is what a life of purpose does. It takes the junk and the stuff in our past. It says, you know what? I'm going to leave that there. Now I'm going to reclaim it and use it and leverage it for the glory of God. And that's how we have mastery over the junk and stuff of our lives. 
Jesus takes a bunch of guys with different kinds of baggage in the disciples. He takes these guys and he uses them to change the world. Jesus takes the ordinary person. You can't get more ordinary than these guys. He takes the ordinary. Jesus takes the ordinary and makes them extraordinary by giving them purpose. I want to live an extraordinary life. If that extra comes from Jesus, then it means I'm giving my all to him. Jesus takes the ordinary and makes them extraordinary by giving them purpose. Let's see how he does that in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus called the 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out the impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and the brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas the Iscariot, who betrayed him. These are the 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go out among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. These are the guys that are sent. A bunch of nobodies. One of them is classified as a terrorist. One of them is basically a mob goon, the tax collector. One of them will be betraying Jesus, right? These are what you got to work with. He's not got like the A-team going on here. He has got the scrubs of the scrubs working with him. There's a lot of D-League basketball being played on SportsCenter lately, right? This is who he's working with. He's not working with the, the U.S. Olympic team. He's using with the, right? This is who he's working with. A bunch of fishermen, a tax collector, and a terrorist. They would live their lives in such a way, these know-nothing guys, they would live their lives in such a way that Jesus empowers them and turns their past into a bright future for them, that they would change the course of history. Some of these guys went as far away as, as Russia, as India, as Ethiopia, Almost all of them got, were killed in prison for their faith, except for John. And John was just left in prison for a long, long time. But they all had an impact, a huge impact that changed the course of history. They are why we are here today, why we get to uh, learn about Matthew, the tax collectors, writing the actual book that we're learning from this morning. Normal, ordinary guys doing extraordinary things through Christ who empowers them and sets them on purpose. Living on purpose requires leaving, reclaiming, and using our past. It's very interesting when Jesus sends them out. He continues in verse 9. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey, Or an extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. 
If your home, if the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to you words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. And truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Living on purpose requires leaving, reclaiming, and using our past. The first step is leaving the baggage behind. They leave it all. Think about this. They are going on a mission trip with absolutely nothing. They're taking nothing with them. No food, no extra clothing, no gold, no money, nothing. I bet you Kevin is wishing the students kind of would have done this. Uh, they had to pull a trailer behind them to go to, uh, to, go to Alabama because of the so much teenage uh, paraphernalia. Uh, but leaving their baggage behind, they go on a trip and they don't take anything with them. Why? Because they're trusting that God has got them, that God will provide for them. But this, I think this principle stays to us as we live on purpose. Don't rely on ourselves. Don't rely on our own gains. Don't rely on the things that we've earned, but we have to go without all of those things, go for God leaving the baggage behind because when i imagine you know we brought baggage up here before that had nice little handles and wheels if i move this thing this the wheels were added on sometimes in the 50s okay so this is a really old baggage can you imagine trying to work your way through the airport oh here right excuse me pardon me excuse me right this would not work because you know your wife would have packed stuff in there the cinder blocks that she likes to take with her you can just blame me she's not here i can i can say anything you don't even have to say amen um but, you know, how heavy, how awkward, how, whatever that was, would be as you're going on a trip. And sometimes we take stuff in our lives, whether it's been done to us or we did it ourselves. It's so awkward, so bulky, so not really useful at all. And we're trying to take it. it was, I got I to have it. It's my hair dryer. You're bald. I got a hair dryer. It's okay. I need it. Right? I find it really funny that uh, on, uh, on ESPN, there's a bald guy doing a sports clip commercial. I don't know if anybody else finds that humorous, but that's about how we feel sometimes when we take this luggage, this baggage that we don't even need with us wherever we go. The first step to living on purpose with God is leaving the baggage behind so we can be on point for the kingdom of God. This is the first step in healing from that baggage. This is the first step from healing from whatever happened, whatever's in your past, whatever you've done, whether self-inflicted or inflicted to you, we have to cut it. We have to leave it behind. Living in your purpose is key to leaving the baggage. When you are on mission, you will do everything you can to trim away the excess. Olympics are coming up, and I feel sorry for the, the swimmers and the kayaks because the quality of water, if you've been paying attention to that, this whole Rio thing is going to be interesting, right? Um, but I was a swimmer, and when you can tell by my physique, uh, but when I was a swimmer, and when we came time for the big meets, you would wear certain kind of suits that will channel the water away from your body better. It's amazing technology that they do. You will go to crazy lengths and you will shave all the hair off of your body. So, yes, I, you have a pastor who's shaved his legs, all right? It's been 16 years, but I used to do it, all right, once a year. Uh, but so we would, you would take away, because what's the purpose? We would take away all impediments, anything. You're like, hair? Hair. 
everything to get that one one thousandth of a, of a second faster because you did not want anything having resistance on your mission. We have to have that kind of intensity. We have to have that kind of purpose. As you're watching, uh, if you watch some of the swimming this year and you watch Michael Phelps just do his thing, you need to think about he has taken away all resistance. He is one of the most, the most gifted athletes of all time, but he, even him, is giving rid of all resistance to go towards his mission. He's not like, oh, you know, I really like my drag suit. It's a drag suit's basically a parachute you wear in the water. I, I like the way it looks. I think I'm going to take it with me to the Olympics. No, 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 no. We used to actually, this is probably TMI, but when, when we would go for our state swim meets, you would buy a suit that was two sizes too small for you. And it was funny trying to get that on. But, but you'd buy suits, guys, girls, that will do this, probably still do it today. You buy suits that are totally too small for you. You don't wear them every day, but you do everything because you want to take away any hindrance that gets you to your mission. We do this in life. When we are on mission for God, we have to get rid of all the stuff that keeps us from going. I'm not going to jump in the pool and be like, oh, I'm going to run a race against Usain Bolt. And I'm going to carry this with me because I just I like him. I'm going to give him a head start. But we do this in life all the time. We carry around our stuff, our mistakes and stuff. And guess what? Jesus says in his redemptive story, my blood pays the price for whatever you have, whatever baggage you have, whatever junk is in your past. It is gone. It is done. You're, no, no, no. You don't have to think about it anymore. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You don't have to pay for that anymore. It is really gone. I'll carry that for you. I got it. I will take it. I'll move it. Don't touch it. Walk away. Leave it. But, 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 no, 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 no. If you're on mission, it's a lot easier to do that because you're not concerned with taking away your baggage if you're going somewhere. We have to be on mission to live out our purpose for God. Philippians 3, verse 13 and 14 says this. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it But one thing I do, forgetting what was behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal and to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Everyone's purpose is different because your baggage is different. You have a different story than me. I was a bulimic. I've had victory over bulimia. I don't know what your story was, but it was something else. I had a severe temper problem. I work on victory over that all the time. If you ask Kelly, I'm not the same man she married, which is a good thing. I I work work my way the positive way, right? But everyone's purpose is different because your baggage is different. The stuff you struggle with is actually the biggest opportunity for you to help other people in that. Everyone's purpose is different because your baggage is different. Romans 12, 4 through 8 says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, through many, form one body, and each member belongs to all others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. 
If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraged, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Everyone's purpose is different because your baggage is different. Living on purpose requires leaving, reclaiming, and using our past. I watch a... uh, E60. Kelly's gone this week, so I got to watch a lot of ESPN. That's why all the references this, to this morning. Uh, but we no, no house hunters this week. Hoorah! Uh, so you can aim in that one. That's all right. Uh, you're, we, there's an E60 uh, this week about Dwayne Wade and Dwayne Wade's uh, mother. Ch- check it out if you can. Uh, YouTube it, whatever. It is awesome. If you don't know, Dwayne Wade is a really good basketball player. He is from the south side of Chicago. He is from the south side of Chicago, like that south side of Chicago, right? He is from a terrible circumstance growing up, about as bad as you possibly could have ever imagined. Dwayne Wade, the superstar millionaire, amazing athlete, came from the worst possible circumstances. And the main perpetrator of his terrible circumstances is his mother. His mother is a drug addict all growing up. And this is all in the, the E60 thing from, from ESPN. Check it out. And they were interviewing Dwayne Wade and his mom, and they were talking about her and, and the circumstances in which Dwayne grew up in. And he's coming, he's now signed a contract with the Bulls, so you can cheer for him now. Um, but they're talking about the circumstances they came from. His mom was a drug addict. And the first, the first game she saw him and she was clean play was when he was a sophomore in college. Now think about that. This guy has eat, slept, drank basketball his whole entire life. And the first game, when he's 21 years old, the first game she saw when he w- she was clean and sober, he was a sophomore in college. Here's going to be a guy who almost single-handedly wins the NBA championship. And his mom never even sees him through clean eyes. She got so bad that she got arrested and got sent to jail. She was so messed up that she escaped jail and, because she needed to, to partake in drugs. So she got out on a work release thing and then never reported back, and it was just this whole big mess. So she's sitting, her friends drag her to church one day. She's at rock bottom. She goes to church, and she gets saved. And then she gets cold turkey clean after years and years and years and years of doing drugs. And right after she gets clean and gets saved, that's when she gets to see Dwayne Wade play this college basketball game. And she goes up this first game. Dwayne's a mess because his mama got got to watch him play basketball. I can't can't imagine that. And she can hear the voice of God saying, you got to go back to prison. And so she goes up to to, uh, Dwayne and says, I got to go finish my sentence. I'm clean now. I'm good now. I got to go finish my sentence. So imagine, this woman walks into the police office. Hi, my name is so-and-so Wade. Uh, I escaped from jail. I need you to put me back there, right? And so she, that's what she does. She walks up there. She finishes her 10, 10 months. I think they're so shocked they don't even add anything on. They're like, oh, oh okay. Uh, so they give her 10, uh, 10 months. She finishes her, uh, her sir, uh, sentence. She starts a Bible study in prison. All these women's lives are starting to get changed. She gets out. She starts studying the scripture, gets a degree in theology, it's now a pastor in the south side of Chicago. Isn't that awesome? 
Here's a woman with so much baggage, so easily to be written off, right? She's a drug addict. Me, you, we'll go down the street and be like, oh, that person has no future. Here's a person that God does not give up on, and by her leaving her past behind and then getting to a point where she reclaims it, and now that she uses it, because every message is filled with grace. I once was on the streets, and now I am this. I once was here, and now I am. Why? Because of the love of God. This is a perfect example of the redemption of Jesus Christ. I was sitting there watching ESPN and the gospel was being preached. I couldn't believe it. I was jumping up and down in my living room. Kids thought I was crazy. Um, living on purpose requires leaving, reclaiming, and using our past. Baggage can be made useful again. Now, here's the thing about my steamer trunk. I don't use it for luggage anymore, right? I don't use it for, its intended purpose was to drag, you know, it was to get someone to America. Can you imagine everything of all your earthly belongings fitting in this little thing? I'm like, okay, let's go. Chicago bound we are, right? That would be insane. But its intended purpose was for, to be luggage, to get someone from, I think, Belgium or Brussels to here. I don't use it for that anymore. I use it as a really kind of neat little end table in my living room. And here's what we do with our baggage is we don't use it. We don't go back to the old way of our baggage. We don't go back to what it did to us, what, how it hurt us, how it, it messed us up. We, we claim it and say, hey, I can make a useful for it. I don't let it go be baggage. I don't carry this around O'Hare Airport. I don't go to Midway with it. I don't get on an airplane with this thing. It would shatter and break. Just like if you try to pick up your old baggage again, it will shatter and break you and your heart. And, and you know this because you keep on picking up stuff from your past all the time and it hurts and it breaks you. You're not ready to pick it up again. When we pick it up, we have to have a different purpose. We reclaim it and we use our past. We take our past and we say, you know what? You're not going to control anymore me anymore. You're going to be a tool now. And that's how we take our greatest hurts and make them our greatest victories. We take the stuff from our past, whether it was done to us or we did it. We say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not stuck there anymore. I'm going to use it because someone else needs to hear my story. Someone else needs to know the victory that I've had. Someone else needs to know how Jesus has, has changed my life. Someone else needs to know how I can relate to them. I can't relate to everyone. That's not me. There's a group of people that I probably will resonate with but there's a group of people that you will resonate with that I would never, ever reach. And it's by leveraging your past, by making it useful, that we reach these people, that God in his infinite creativity says, you know what? I can use that. I can use Jill's story. I can use Vince's story. I can use Josh's story. I can use Alicia's story. It's all different than all the... I can use it. What man meant for evil, God can turn into good. Living on purpose requires leaving, reclaiming, and using our past. Dealing with baggage can be the greatest step you take in living on purpose. The guys are going to play a video of some lures and tackle boxes right now. And I want you just to kind of look at these. This is my father-in-law's tackle box. 
Uh, I've started uh, to uh, use some of the lures out of there because uh, he's been dead for two years and he's not going to use them so I can lose all those lures and not get in trouble. Uh, it took me a long time to get over that, but um, it is what it is. Uh, it was funny because someone saw this run, the video running. We were on that video? The, the tackle? Thank you. Someone saw this video and was like, is that your tackle box? No, 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 no. Mine's got like three things in it, and they're all in knots. That's, uh, I fish with children. I don't know about you, um, but that's how this works. So this, this is just all the different things we have at the lake house. I don't know what he was going to use all these different fishing poles for. I don't know about you, but I can fish tops with two at a time. If one's a bobber and one's, you know, I can watch a lure and fish. And that's my hyperactivity. But he's got all these fishing poles and all these things because they're strung up for different things at different times. All these different lures are for different kinds of fish and different kinds of water conditions and different kinds of weather at different times of year, at different depths. And I wanted to show this video of lures and different fishing rods and reels is because if we can reclaim our, instead of our baggage being something that weighs us down, it is something that turns into a lure. It is used for a specific season, of a specific purpose, a specific person, a specific time. Each one of your stories is used for something else. That your whatever circumstances, your whatever, your interesting story can be used to catch this kind of person. Because what does Jesus do with these, fisher, with these disciples? The top four are fishermen. And his promise when he calls them is, I will make you fishers of men. As we look at these things, what is your story? How does it enable you to reach people that maybe the pastor could never reach? that that elder can never teach. But you are uniquely equipped with your story and your time to speak into their lives. Living on purpose requires leaving, reclaiming, and using our past. Turning your baggage into tools is one of the everyday miracles that God wants to do in your life. I want to pray for the strength to do that today. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for today, and thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Thank you for these kids. Thank you for a church that has so many kids in it. And I thank you for the giggles. I thank you for the laughter. I thank you for the squirms, and I thank you for the wiggles. As we as parents today, God, we ask for guidance in how to raise our children. We ask for strength. We ask for wisdom, and we ask for patience. God, right now, as we try to show our kids how to live a godly life, how do we try to show them how to love you the best way we know how? Lord, we pray this simple prayer. Give me the strength to leave my baggage behind. Give me the wisdom to know when to reclaim it. And give me the courage to use it for its purpose. God, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you all the days of your life. You are dismissed.